Welcome to a special episode of Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast for fans who aren't ready to let go and newcomers to the series who are ready to jump in. I'm Rochelle Castellano with Drew Shulman and Marie Vigouhou. In this holiday episode, we're playing Canon or Fanon and having lots of cocktails. Let's uh, keep the show in the roadhouse, please. Happy holidays, everyone. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. It's a festive time of year. We've got our drinks. What else do we need? <laughs> doing well, really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that in order to make this holiday a little better, we should definitely play a little game of Canon or Fanon. Do you guys know what that is? Um, I do. So I'm going to let Drew see if he knows. I mean, I know for sure, like, obviously, but maybe our listeners don't. You should probably explain it in case some of them just aren't caught up with us. So basically, this actually started, this is a long-standing tradition of Rochelle and I from when we (laughs) were very active in the Harry Potter fandom, where there would be moments where we would wonder, is this moments that we're remembering canon? Or is it something that we read in fan fiction? And so sometimes we would have these moments of doubt and we'd either call or text each other because we're that old. And it would be like, Rochelle, (laughs) is this canon or fanon? And then we would have to like walk each other through the the reasoning of like, no, actually, this is from this particular fan fiction written by this author, ta-da-da-da-da. Or no, this is actually in, you know, the Order of the Phoenix. So we decided to try to do a a little bit of a fun riff on that for Supernatural and try to see if Drew can guess if a particular dance or a particular, we can, we want to see if Drew is able to know if a fact, if a sentence is canon or fanon. That's as good as you're going to get. Well, I am so excited for all three of us. (laughs) And as anyone listening can figure out pretty quickly we are clearly drinking may i ask everyone what they're drinking Marie, i'm gonna let you go on that one okay so i am actually <laughs> having a vodka martini which is very strange for me because i don't even like vodka but it is the only thing that i have left because i haven't really left the house all that much in the quarantine that it has been 2020 so the only thing i had left was some vodka and so I figured, you know, let's make a vodka martini with this. So that is what I'm having, my friends. What about you guys? I'm having also a vodka martini with, uh, it's dry, it's dirty, and there's olives in it. And it's the best. Drew, what about you? Uh, I guess I'm the odd one out. I'm having a gin and tonic with a lime Ooh. twist. Mm. I like a little bit of citrus in my uh, my drinks. Makes it go down a little smoother and just brings out the right little uh, flavor notes of the oh, gin. I love mm-hmm. gin. So we're all boozed up. We're all a little on the loopier side from drinking so much. I'm ready to probably fail miserably at a game. Shall we begin? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get this. Uh, let's get this game on the road. She said the thing. She said the thing. <laughs> I know it's so funny. I love that she gets to work and actually see what it's like to record an episode like this. I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> trial by fire. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Drew, you ready? Ooh, I'm okay, ready. so. Sam and Dean investigate the murder of a child's imaginary friend. Is that canon or fanon? I'm going to go with canon. That just seems too weird not to be. <laughs> For 
Rochelle? You are correct. It, yeah, you are correct. <laughs> Naturally, it's supernatural. All right, next one. Sam falls in love with a vampire. It seems too plausible, but also like the most fan fiction bait I've ever read. So I'm going to say fan fiction. Rochelle? So who does he fall in love with? Oh, no, you can't say that. It's part of the next ones. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Yes, it's Fanon. It's Fanon. Okay, because I was going to say, I feel like falling in love with a vampire, like, I have read, I have read, fan, I have read very little fan fiction. I've had more of it narrated to me late night at comic conventions, which we will not discuss, and, you know, in front of people. Oh. But a lot of them tend to randomly just involve vampires because vampires are sexy vampires yeah. are sexy yeah and it's actually a really inter oh my gosh can we just like open a parenthesis <laughs> here <laughs> yep okay <laughs> parentheses open Rochelle so you're as you're aware because I have texted you extensively today about this but like mm-hmm. Dean Benny went yep. canon yep. today because of uh scripts that have been leaked and it's been really interesting to see, like, the analysis that people have come up with, like, on social media, right? About how vampires are basically, like, a stand-in for queer people. Yeah, this is, go- this is way back. Like, oh, yeah. this kind of rhetoric was even there with, like, Anne Rice's vampires, right? Of so- course. But this started with Dracula, actually. Yeah. This started yeah, back exactly. in the time of Dracula, mm-hmm. like, with, um, mm-hmm. with, with uh, Bella Lugosi, you know? Like, it's not... We're yeah. not talking about something that's brand new here, like... Vampires have no. always been a stand-in for, for queer people or people who just enjoy other. different... Yeah, the other. Gender non-conforming, uh, uh, just g- uh, gender fluid. But beyond that, uh, just sexually like... Sexually open has always been a staple. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has been seen as, um, you know, diverting from the way. Mm-hmm. Like anything that's kind of outside of your ordinary. Number three, Sam gets addicted to demon blood. This raises question, is demon blood just, like, a drug? Do people just get addicted to it naturally? Is this very uniquely a Sam thing? I'm going to say it falls in that same, like, weird vampire sexualization thing, so it's got to be fanon. <laughs> that is... Uh, Rochelle, go ahead. That is 100p canon. What? How does that even... What oh. chain of oh. events could possibly lead to that becoming oh, my a You're child. so innocent! <laughs> Oh, my child, you have so much to learn. <laughs> I just want to get to the point where we, like, wh- like when does he, is he at a party and someone slips it in his drink and he gets hooked on it? Oh, no, it's it? so much, it's like, so much so much worse. more nefarious than that. <laughs> this is not an episode of, like, you know, Shadow Hunters. No, no, this is Supernatural. This goes back to the very beginning. I know, But that's all right? we're going to say about this. Yeah, we can't go into details about that one. It raises so many questions. Did you just pull a... Mary, did you just pull a wine glass up? Yes. (laughs) I finished my martini. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I don't drink But we also discussed that that she didn't pour a glass of wine. It was pre-poured and ready for her. This this is staying in, by the way. (laughs) Are we ready for the next one, haters? Absolutely, yes. Are, are, Are you ready for the next one? Oh, honey, I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> number four, Sam and Dean. <laughs> okay, this many. <laughs> okay, that's why we're keeping the show in the roadhouse. <laughs> Sam and Dean get attacked by aliens. <laughs> 
I almost want to call trick question because I know that in an episode coming up, we deal with a trickster god who I believe is Loki, but I've been led to believe maybe isn't. And there's aliens in that episode. So I'm going to say canon. And you would be correct. You would no! be absolutely. What? Okay, I count fine. that as right. y'all. Okay, all right. They don't get abducted by, but no, you're they right, do not get right. attacked by aliens, and that is that is fanon. That is not canon. That is fanon. Okay, wait, wait, wait. They don't get attacked by aliens, but do they meet aliens otherwise? Well, they meet someone <laughs> who has had an encounter with aliens, or also they meet. Perhaps they come into contact with beings that are thought to be aliens, but are not actually aliens. Exactly. So no, that is fanon. So I, I'll accept that. All you're doing is pumping me up for these episodes. Oh, man. I'm so ready, but concerned. All, all the Loki episodes are freaking great. So this was the drunken me getting my words mixed here and going way too hot and heavy on the fan in versus canon. But next one, moving on. Well, let's remember that I actually wrote these when I was not drinking. And so, like, you have to listen to them. Okay? Okay. okay. I will listen. Okay, listen. Oh, there's, oh, there's a nuance. No. Oh, there is. Oh. Drew, do you know me? <laughs> there is always nuance. <laughs> yes, I do know you. There you go. All right. So number five. Dean gets cursed with a love spell. See, now I'm going to say, like, I'm going to say Fanon, because watch, it's, he did it to himself, so it's not a curse, it's a blessing or some bullshit. So I'm going to say Fanon. Rochelle? Canon. It's canon! <laughs> and I'm sure that episode doesn't open up any cans of any words. Well, oh, if no. we move on to question six. Moving on to question six, let's go. When Dean tells Sam that he's in love, under the love spell, Sam only realizes that something's wrong when Dean tells him he's in love with a woman. I want that to be true so freaking bad. I'm going to say canon. Please, please, please. Yes. That is fucking canon. (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. Oh, we are going to analyze the fuck out of that episode. Moving on. I have a number seven here. Number seven is actually about our dear boy, Dean. Dean gets addicted to Angel Grace. To Angel Grace? I don't even know what that means. Oh shit, that's true. Which means it's complete BS, which means it has to be canon. Canon? Canon. canon? I'm saying canon. You're saying canon? I'm saying it's real. Rochelle? Yeah. It's fanon though, no, right? I mean, it's fanon, but technically you could argue. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean... He gets addicted to a certain angel for different reasons, honey. It's canon. That, yes, exactly. It's Very actually, much addicted. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where this comes from. This comes from a hashtag HBO Supernatural type of thing where people started imagining what Supernatural would have been like on HBO. And it's interesting because as oh. much as I would love to see that interpretation, because clearly I think that some relationships would have been different or at least like more explored than they were on uh, the CW. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. never want to forget that HBO is also the, sh- the the network that, I'm sorry, but like fucked up True Blood and Game of Thrones. 
I get so excited that I get to nerd talk with you guys. It makes me the happiest person in the world. Aww. Oh, I, I just, I look forward to being able to like overanalyze TV with people again. Yeah. I oh yeah, me too. too. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. I don't know what number we're at. One, two, three, four, five. Seven, I think we were on eight. Seven. Yeah, we eight. were at eight. Eight. All right. Eight. I got something Ooh, right finally. This one is fun. <laughs> okay, so Dean has an orgy with the king of hell. <laughs> Uh, okay, I need to break this down. <laughs> Dean in an orgy seems way too much like a thing the fans would want, so they would never give it to them. So and I'm leaning he fan already, and not Okay, so it. hold on. He already understands the writers of Supernatural, just putting yes. it up there. <laughs> it's, it's half the battle, really, honestly. And then I, I will admit, over conversations, I have been led to believe that, yes, there is a king of hell, so I'm not surprised that he exists. I just cannot think of a way to put him in an orgy with Dean, which just leans me more towards the canon side of things. Canon or fanon? But I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it safe and say it's fanon. This is fan fiction. Canon. It's fucking canon. <laughs> How? How? How the... What? Mmm... Like, I can't wait to get this there, obviously, the but, worst. like, how the fuck do we get there? That is a really good question. That is what I ask myself every morning when I log into Twitter. Like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Number nine. Dean falls in love with a witch. There isn't much to unpack with this one. It seems very straightforward, but it also seems really simple. Canon? I'm going to say it's real. Okay, Rochelle? I think that's, I think that's fanon. That is absolutely fanon. All right. Sam adopts a cat. I mean, I could see Sam adopting a cat very easily. I just can't really picture the Sam, Dean, and a kitten in a car going around killing demons. So I'm going to say fanon. Rochelle? This is fan fiction. You don't remember? This is canon. (laughs) No. Yeah, this is canon. No, this is fanon. Damn it! Ha ha! I beat Rachel at something. Ha! (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not a cat it's not a adopt. cat no yeah i cannot imagine dean with a cat but with a dog like for sam's sure. a cat guy whereas sam yeah. sam's a cat guy dean's yeah. a dog guy you know like but you see Misha's i think this guy. is <laughs> rochelle i feel like this is where like sorry what was that what i said misha's a dean guy what <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i heard misha's I like a dick guy Misha. and i'm like we're talking okay. about like the actual characters here where do we go next? Well, we have Dean gets attacked by a fairy. Now, Dean gets attacked by a fairy. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to yep. do. Don't answer. Don't let me know yep. if I'm right or wrong. I'm saying this is, this is canon. This is fact. This happens. I am now more intrigued to figure out whether this is a classic, like, Tinkerbell little fairy. Or is this, they call it a fairy, but it's actually some, like, biker dude with wings. And both are amazing images. And I just want to let them exist for a moment. Before you then tell me whether or not I was right or wrong. So I'm saying this happens. So are you saying that basically right now we have a fairy as a Schrodinger's cat? <laughs> yes, we have a Schrodinger's fairy. A Schrodinger's fairy. <laughs> Poor Schrodinger is like rolling over in his grave. Assuming he's actually dead in his grave. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's a terrible joke. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. That is terrible. Of course he's dead. That <sighs> is... That's terrible. Of course he's dead. <laughs> that is canon. That's canon, yes. And Drew, to answer... But can I know whether it's a traditional fairy or a, like, weird giant fairy? So it's actually a traditional fairy. 
I think that's the better of the two in my books. Yeah, but you will be interested to see who actually takes the form of biker dudes. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, I have another one here. Sam, yeah, you're ready? Sam likes Taylor Swift. Sam is a Swifty. I'm just, would the show acknowledge that that she exists within the lore of the show? I love how meta you're getting into this. I love it. I love it. (laughs) You're so ready for the meta episodes. Okay. Let's move on to season six. Like, the blanket, like... Like, blanket statement, Sam is a fan of Taylor Swift. I will fight to the end of the earth to, to confirm that. Okay. But I don't think the show would actively prove that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, though it's a true fact, these specifically being said and denoted to the fan base is fan fiction. Rochelle? Shannon. Does anybody have an, a further point to that? I mean, I know that Sam definitely likes pop and multiple times, especially after the time where Dean came back and he turned on the radio and it Mm -hmm. was... But it was not pop. It was, like, really bad country. Really bad country. That's a segue into pop. Let's just be real. And I mean, mean, country pop is literally Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay, so I can say that we can can imply or assume that Sam likes it, but I don't think it's ever explicit. No. It is Fanon because the true Swifty is Dean. Okay, Dean. No, hold on. Yeah, Dean karaoke's I'm Too Sexy. You know what? No thinking. Yeah, that happens. Rochelle? I know. I think so. I can't remember that one, actually. I know what he does karaoke, but I can't remember if he karaoke's that. What does he karaoke? I don't remember the, the, the exact name of it, but it's definitely a, um, an ode to his uh, gay love affair with his boyfriend. Yes, it's I'm Too Sexy. It's canon. Is it I'm Too Sexy? Oh, it is? <laughs> it is canon. Oh, I cannot remember. Yes, that is... It just seems like the, it just seems like of all the songs, like, like fan fiction would have picked a much more, like, deep cut. No, that's... Um, yeah, that, I think you're right. But, like, yeah, they have Dean karaoke, I'm Too Sexy. I don't want to give too many details. And again, I, what is the context? But it's hard to give you context. But like, let's just say that the... Pr- no, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm asking for the context, but secretly I don't want to hear it. I want to get okay. there. I just want the listeners to know that I just cannot wait to see what scenario the show can concoct that makes that a scene that is going to happen and naturally. And sense. Or so supernaturally. I, uh, supernaturally, indeed. But I will just, for Rochelle, who looks so perplexed right now. (laughs) I'm looking it up because I'm trying to remember the scene and I have no memory of this one. Well, so if I say Dean has an orgy with the king of hell, does that? Okay. Yeah. It's involved with the orgy. I just, I just looked it up now. What? So wait, you're telling me that not only does he have an orgy with the king of hell, he karaoke's I'm too sexy, which you've also implied is apparently too cast in some sense. And this all is somehow tied together. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got to move on mm. to the next one because we're going to get you into too. You're going to be too excited. You're going to be too excited. I'm already just like, I don't know what to do Michelle, with myself. Are we making Drew a heller? I swear we are going to hit this episode and it's just going to start with me yelling for a solid 13 <laughs> seconds. Okay. I have one <laughs> last one. Dean is afraid of unicorns. Yeah, that makes too much sense. That is too much of a Dean move to have him just randomly encounter a unicorn through some adventure and it reveal that he is afraid of it for some reason. So yeah, that okay. happens. Rochelle? I, yes, I canon. <laughs> no, that's Fanon. <laughs> oh my fuck? god, okay, but he's, okay, all right. That's but hold like, on. 
I will, I will give you that Jensen, Ackles, does not like unicorns. <laughs> but Dean is not afraid is. of them. So what can we... So again, because I am who I am, of course we have to start making sense of what just happened. Drew, how do you feel? Just like out of curiosity. I feel like there are so many interesting developments to come. Yeah. Some have a little bit more heavy implication, i.e. Dean's love life and apparent attending of orgies in hell. And then some of them are just interesting world building, like there's unicorns. You can kill an imaginary friend. And those are things that exist. And I'm very excited for those because it just means, and it seems cheesy that we're advertising here, but it just means there is a lot of nuance and a lot of interesting topics to come. Mm -hmm. And while some will be very heavy and serious, some are going to be a lot of this. Mm. And like Rochelle, because you've seen the series, hearing these like canon, fanon, and like even getting a couple wrong, how are you reacting to this? It's really interesting because I feel like, and th- but this is this is where I come from, right? Because to me, the whole joke about canon and fanon is because fanon is canon, in my mind. Ooh, and I know that you have more. a different opinion. I know you have a different opinion, <sighs> but I do. But I do. <laughs> I lived in the in the realm of fanon. I lived in in fan fiction, and and to me, it was just an extension of the series. It was just another mm-hmm. iteration of what the TV producers could put out there. And I we had spoke we spoke about this right, mm-hmm. and I and I often call attention to the expanded universe with Star Wars yeah. because that's a really perfect example of you have your you know now twelve movies or nine movies, but at the time you had the, mm-hmm. the three and then the six and then mm-hmm. the subsequent ones. And beyond that, you have so much. You have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, the series. You have, you know, yeah. your Clone Wars. You have all of your, your video games. You have now the Mandalorian. Then you're going to have Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have so much in there that is, like, beyond. And really, what's the difference between that and somebody at their computer writing a story? Because, you know, like, you can, there are so many different iterations of what could happen and expanded stories mm-hmm. to, we don't know much more beyond what we see in the 15 seasons of Supernatural. There's no. a ton of different arcs that happen yeah. without us knowing that fill in all that space. So, no, and, and so, Rochelle, like, thank you for bringing attention to that. I know that you said that we defer, but I, I think you know, because we've talked about this, that we don't actually defer <laughs> as much as you have portrayed that we do. Oh, yes, I know. I'm being dramatic for the yes, sake of, being of production. <laughs> for the sake of production. Ugh, look at For her. the sake of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I like that better. But it's true, because whenever I had to choose fan fiction to read, whenever it came to like either Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter... Back in my day, like, I always choo- chose canon-compliant fanfiction fan because, to me, the ownership of the story really came to the people who were telling the story on the screen. And, Drew, you mm-hmm. hinted at that, I think, in a, a few episodes earlier where you said, as long as a creator comes out and says such and such, then I will believe it. And that used to be me. I, yeah. I really believed that the ownership of the story was really really rested with the creator or the publisher etc sorry if i can reflect on that line though i still stand by it i still think when it comes to things that are left up ambiguously and a creator is willing to take a stand and say one way or another let's settle this debate that's one thing 
but I'm also someone who is very passionate when it comes to people inserting their own writing into a story. I, especially if it is canon compliant and does make sense. I really do like to see that. I really love that kind of expanding a universe. I dabble in a lot of gaming fiction realms and there is a lot of space to do that, which is really nice in the video game world. And I encourage it. I it's on my own, which we can share one day. Maybe. Oh, yes, please. But I full on approve of fan fiction because I think it just one from a writing level. It encourages people to write. Mm-hmm. It gets people to explore that avenue. And I mean, I, I hate to make the really cliche example, but sometimes fan fiction does lead to other projects in other realms and really weird novels that are a little overly sexual for house mothers. You know what yeah. I mean? Fifty Shades. Yeah. I'm being yeah. Blunt. We got we. <laughs> Rochelle and I talked about this a couple of nights ago, but like I I agree with you, and it's just honestly. So I used to really be somebody who needed canon compliant fan fiction in order to believe that it was true, and I I just I'm in a place where like my world is shifting. Honestly, the ending of Supernatural has literally changed my worldview on who owns a story. And like, whereas before I really thought that the ownership of the story belonged to the creator or the publisher, I no longer believe this. Like, I really believe that the ownership of a story is with the audience. And that's something that was hinted at in my film studies and was hinted at also in my current studies, where like, the ownership of a story belongs to the person interpreting it. And I never really believed that until the end of Supernatural. It's just so world-changing, world-altering to think that way. Like, to think that literally, like, for the 32 years that I've been alive, what I thought was wrong and that now I have to shift into, like, the true folklore belongs to the people. The true story belongs to the people. I don't even, I have so much exploring to do about this. It's just, it's so much. I mean, like, I think maybe it's because, I mean, I've always been like this, but then I, when I went into university and I did my fine arts degree, I like gravitated towards printmaking, which at the end of the day is a democratic form of art, right? Mm -hmm. Like it democratizes what used to be this like, one piece that only one person can own that it was Mm -hmm. the creators and it went to this one buyer and then you had this print where it was like no it belongs to everybody Mm -hmm. this work of art belongs to the people yeah and so for me writing fan fiction that's that's what that represents it's like Mm -hmm. you have a piece of work and of course the creator is part of it and they have a say and they have a vision but once you put that out there to the public it's for the consumer to make their own meaning and bring that into their lives and interpret it their way and sort of and I know there there there's you know friction there obviously mm-hmm. between the person who's like created this child this like work of art because they want to hold on to that but it becomes so much more and like Harry Potter is a really good example of how it's like grown beyond JK oh, yeah. you know it had to mm-hmm. it had to grow beyond her for of so course. many reasons yeah, and Supernatural in a lot of ways had to grow beyond the CW. The CW. And it, it kind of, I think, was always beyond the CW, but because of the way that we know a lot of things and networks, it, it struggled. And you can tell, and you've seen this time and time again with series where they're pushing and pushing, and you go, oh man, on another network, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's a perfect example. 
on any other yeah. network, that show would have put Andy Samberg in his element. Yeah. But you can see it, and it's great. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has, like, a lot of really funny things about it, but you can tell where he is being capped. Yeah. Where they're mm-hmm. making him packaged and palatable for the audience of that network. Mm. And... You have that, I think, with a lot of supernatural and fan 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 fiction allows people to break those boundaries and mm-hmm. live and create and express queerness and otherness that mm-hmm. the series doesn't often take the leap to do, you know? And I think, Mary, you said one word in your explanation of your switch from moving into this, as Rochelle put it, the dark side. (laughs) But you said one word, and that word just stuck with me so hard. And I think it really proves both your points, and that is folklore. Yeah. Every story is just a story. I mean, even just on a very blunt example, take a classic story that most people know that has been remade multiple times. Heck, even the CW is the most recent redoer of Archie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just a story. It's up to whoever is telling it, whether that be a big studio or a fan fiction writer, to tell their story within those roles and worlds. And things are going to change. Things are going to vary. How many variations of Robin Hood can you see? Whether or not he's human or a fox. (laughs) Well, that's exactly it. And that's why you get, you know, you get stories now. Like Dune is the most recent example where they've changed one of the major Mm -hmm. characters from a white guy to a black woman. And you're allowed to give yourself those interpretations. Mm-hmm. And it's just another version of, you know, how many times can you have a story about being careful, you know, our, our traditional myths, our mm-hmm. folklores, all of those mm-hmm. tales, those old wife tales are just mm-hmm. different interpretations across the world. So there's really fascinating things and we can get into this later, but like, you know, forms of art like Art Nouveau that cropped up across the globe before the mm-hmm. internet where people had never talked to each other before but we're making the same types of art in different countries. I'm sorry, do we want to talk about the pyramids across the world where people had never talked to each other and yet pyramids <laughs> cropped up everywhere? But that's it, right? Like that that was just fanon. That was just another yeah. version of fan fiction. But that I, was I like I so agree with you now, Rochelle. And it's so funny because literally a month ago I would have disagreed with you. But now I agree. Heck, an hour ago I was disagreeing with you and you've changed my mind. <laughs> like, I seriously, like, I'm rethinking it so hard. Yeah, I don't. Oh, that fu- fuck folklore, damn yeah, it. Yeah, it's so important. Paul Ricoeur actually said something about that. Where, like, whenever somebody tells their story, the moment that somebody hears it, the person who hears it owns it and then can tell of it to course. somebody else. Again, part of that hermeneutic tradition of the retelling of stories and how through dialogue stories change i think that's a very nice sentiment to end our holiday special on if we haven't bummed yeah. everybody out you know we had no i think <laughs> no i think that's a very fun way to end it i think that's an encouraging you know this time of year where everyone's gathering with the family they can gather mm-hmm. with whether digitally or physically and taking stock you know one of the most important things you can do with friends and family is share stories mm-hmm. especially when you're not seeing them as often mm-hmm. as you are you are banking these stories, albeit not everyone's adventuring as much as they would normally be. But we all have stories to tell, and you're all going to share these stories. And, you know, some of us uh, can stretch a tale a little longer than it has to be, but uh, that's our prerogative. But that's the thing. At the end of the day, it's all about narrative, and everybody's stories matter, and everyone's interpretation matter. And it's really fascinating how, if you go back even to the beginning of time, how did people get stories to each other? It was through 
you know, communication and verbal interpretation. And that's like evolved over time and dialogue. And, you know, we, we have a million different historical figures and stories to look at that prove and illustrate those points. So I think it's a great way to end this episode. You've been listening to a special episode of Carrying Wayward, a supernatural podcast hosted by Marie Vigouhou and Drew Shulman and produced by myself, Rochelle Castellano. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts for weekly content, including special episodes. You can always leave us a review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at carryingwayward and send us a voicemail at carryingwayward at gmail.com. Until next time, carry on our wayward friends. And a happy holidays to all of you.